0: All right. This is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay and Norman G. This is the Yay where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay. We have a fantastic guest. We have Lily tongue Crystal. How are you, Lily?
1: Good. How are you? <laughs>
0: I'm doing fantastic. Hopefully, you're enjoying the music, Lily. You, you are the uh, director of Flower Drum Song. That's right. And uh, which is playing right now, uh, and has gotten rave, rave reviews. We're so happy that you're um, that you've come. Because you've been busy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have been really busy, and it's uh, it's been or great.
1: you stay busy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I stay busy. Although, after March, after May 12th, I have a little bit of a break, which yeah, is great. Yeah, that's
0: fantastic. Yeah, Flower Drum Song will be, uh, that's Palo Alto players uh, playing from April 26th. It's been playing since April 26th, and it finishes May the 12th. And we'll have a link. In Facebook and also in SoundCloud so that people can buy tickets and if, unless it's sold out. Is it sold out yet? No, no, it's not
2: sold out. We have, oh. We've had great houses and it's not sold out. It's oh, a Lucy Stern, so it's a, quite a large yeah. theater, yes. Oh, you know, yeah,
0: that theater. Yeah. 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 No, that's wonderful. And we'll learn a little bit more about you and about the show and... About your future, and also your views on you know what's happening in Bay Area theater and all that sort of and stuff. And
1: Ferocious Lotus.
0: That's right. And Ferocious Lotus. You are the. Are you one of the founding members or of yes. Ferocious Lotus? Yes.
2: Yes, I'm the, uh, the founding artistic director. Right
0: of on. Ferocious Lotus. Yeah. Now that's fantastic. As I begin, and we've missed a week, so as I begin my podcast Ooh. every week, how was your week? Man, your two weeks. I need
1: therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's been fascinating. I'll, I'll, I'll share a few things. One, I'm finishing up my school thing. Mm-hmm. So I had a group of kids uh, perform a week ago Thursday. Um, four monologues. Three of them went up. It was – I'm standing in the wings he's going, I can't do anything. They're, they're <laughs> just standing out there. And uh, one little boy was doing uh, the opening to Twelfth Night. Mm-hmm. If mm. Music, be the food of love, play on – he, it, he really got into it. Give me excess of it. That surfeiting the appetite may sicken and then so die. <laughs> wow. And he forgot the next line. Oh, no. He was oh. so satisfied with what he'd gotten out. He took – and I kept – we rehearsed. We didn't get many rehearsals. Yeah. I'm like, so you need to think of your breaths as completing a thought, and the next breath is the next thought. Mm-hmm. You need to think that before you actually take the breath, because otherwise you do – like, he finished breathing on that first one and was like
3: – Uh-oh.
1: And I said, so when – You forget your lines. Your character has something different to say. So just make something up. This boy starts (laughs) making up Shakespeare. (laughs) And he's grasping, so he finally gets to yay, barely. (laughs) I was like, dude. (laughs) So that was a week ago. Um, Next week, my kids on the peninsula do a um, seventh grade class. And we're doing Octavio Solis's Mother Road. They're going to go up to Ashland and see the show. Mother Road's world premiering. So I was able to get a rough draft of the script, and we've been playing with it, playing with some of the ideas. And so that goes up next week.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the summer thing, I've been desperately looking for a teaching artist to cover afternoons at the end of June because I've got this gig I lined I thought up. you were
0: going to talk to uh, Shannon Malden. M- Malden.
1: I should have. Yeah. I didn't write it down. Okay. But, um, and today I think I just confirmed somebody. I've had so many people say yes And then a day or so later, go, oh, wait a minute, but there's this one day. Or, oh, you know, actually, I'm going to be out of town. Mm.
2: (laughs) What gig are you doing? Mm -hmm. What gig are you doing?
1: Uh, The Eugene O'Neill Dow House hosts a summer intensive. Um, And so it's for theater kids, mostly on the 680 corridor. Um, High school kids, and most of them are coming out of some, there's some wonderful programs out there. So it's very much a master class. So I've been doing it, this will be my third summer. I'm in As You Like It for the summer. And so that's, I have a commitment. I have a rehearsal schedule that I need to be available Mm -hmm. for. So I was like, well, y'all can hire somebody else or I can get somebody to just do afternoons. Thinking that wouldn't be so hard. You don't know how many people's names I've been given who either I'm like, oh, I don't know that person. No, they're busy. Or, oh yeah, that's a great suggestion. Yeah, they're busy. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And, the and you do that every summer, time. right? The Eugene and well, House? Yeah, my third, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: So I've been panicking because I've literally had like four people tell me yes, and then a yeah. day or two so later tell me no.
2: People are busy. Yeah. yeah I well guess it's a good thing, but it's hard when you're trying to get a, a space filled. I,
1: I always write back and say, congratulations, and yay, of course, you're a wonderfully talented person, so of course you're busy. You know. Yeah. See you next time. Yeah. <coughs> um, yeah. So I got somebody today, and then the last personal that I wanted to share is mm-hmm. a friend died. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Rose, uh, he was a regular at the Alley, the uh, piano bar here in Oakland. Um, when I first started going, he was a regular; had been for decades. They used to do weird things, like on certain, like New Year's or Rod's birthday. The piano player, mm-hmm. they there was a group of guys that would come in in tuxes. You know, to, to kind of pay homage to him, mm-hmm. to say, yay, thank you, Rod. Um, Paul was one of those, and it turned out he'd gotten in the habit of it because he and his wife would host a New Year's Day party. Their friends would go out to New Year's Eve parties, party, and then go to their house, and they'd start cranking out quiches and champagne after midnight. mm mm-hmm. um, and I got to go to a couple of those, yeah, before his wife passed a few years ago, yeah, and she had gotten sick, so we didn't see him as much. It used to be if there was a Thursday and he wasn't there, somebody got in touch with him to find out what was up. yeah and he got to the point where he would let us know. when she got sick, he suddenly wasn't coming, we knew why. then she died, and he still wasn't coming. And I remember checking in with him and finding out, oh yeah, there's some places over there. He lives in San Francisco, lived in San Francisco. And so there were some places over there, Daly City and someplace else. and I said, well i 'll come check it out and I did. oh my god I 'm in this room full of like 80 something year old people. Those are the young people mm. like I'm the youngest person in the place. and they were wonderful though. It was a trip, and I could see he was having he loved singing. I could see he was in his element. It was so fantastic. Yeah. So and
0: I ran into him, or I brushed by mm-hmm. him, because he's a, he was a fellow actor. He did a reading right really at the DMT.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I he wasn't an actor. I Because of the alley, yeah. I was telling you this story before we got on mic. I lost an actor. I was doing, directing a reading out there, and I lost an actor, and I was desperate. And I went in the alley that night when I found out, just frustrated. And I'm sitting next to him, and I'm like, you could totally do this. You understand timing, humor, got a big, booming voice. Ended up being, I thought, the best thing in the show. Wow.
0: Right. Now, see, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That's fantastic. So and that's been my week. Yeah. And I've been busy doing Women on the Verge. And um, Small World, one of your actors, or at least uh, a... Uh, Mara. I, I don't know her last Sotello, name. Satello, S- Mara Satello. S- Mara uh, We're hoping that she'll be a guest on the A, but she is in the show, Women on the Verge, but she's also in Understudy for your show. No, wow, she's no.
2: actually in the show.
0: Oh, she is in the show. Oh, Wait, she I plays
2: Linda. She plays one of the leads. Oh, oh okay. Fantastic.
0: Yes. I'm sure she's doing a fantastic job. She's amazing. Wow. She's great. Awesome, yeah. That's wonderful. All right. Well, I'm going to list our current events. Just, I'll just go right down and whatever yes, tickles what your is fancy. <laughs> but we were talking about the death of John Singleton, and right. although that has nothing to do with theater, it has to do with art and film, and uh, it's, well,
1: it's hugely significant. Yeah. I mean, yeah,
0: Boys in the Hood. I mean, when I think about black um, r- um, pl- um, film producers. I usually think of Spike Lee because I'm really right. – I'm from the East Coast. Right. But John Singleton really brought the West Coast and what it is to be black mm-hmm. with that wonderful seminal piece, Boys in the Hood. Right. And uh, first time a lot of people saw Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ice Cube was in that mm-hmm. and the beautiful Nia Long and Fishburne mm-hmm. furious, has furious styles. And uh, it's very sad. And Singleton died way too young. He was 50, I think, two years old. 51 52. Yeah. yeah. Uh, debilitating heart attack. Um, so, I'll just go down. Um, so, a couple of people have contracted HIV from, have you ever heard of vampire facials? Have you ever heard of that before? No. no. People are putting blood on their face, it, supposedly to make them young. Even what? Kim Kardashian has done that. That's It's really wow. crazy, and I don't know. There are all these fads. And what kind of blood? Other people's blood. Like uh, human blood? Uh, yeah, human oh blood.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <have> no idea.
1: I <laughs> 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 no, had not heard about that
0: one. It's crazy. All right. Um they're, uh, in politics, there are twenty twenty now Democratic candidates yes, for president And Biden is, I think, the latest one And uh, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it's a cattle call I don't know if you guys have any thoughts uh, about that I can't that.
1: wait to vote for somebody Yeah, somebody
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Here's some news in San Francisco Did, was, Go ahead
1: any, any thoughts about the field The current field Or this ridiculous presidential campaign That has started way too early? Oh,
2: gosh. I, <laughs> can we, do we have a few hours to talk about it?
1: Um,
2: I mean, I'm, I'm kind of trying to see who's going to shake out of right. yeah. all those candidates. It's hard to know right now.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Every time we've had a guest that we've talked about, you know, how people are dealing in the age of Trump, and the answers vary, but, you know, a lot of it is just sadness. A lot of people were very surprised when Trump was elected, and they oh, had yeah. various reactions. Uh, did it shock you at all? Oh,
2: my gosh. It shocked me. I couldn't sleep that first night. Right. Yeah. Um, I was like <laughs> I was grieving for a few days yeah we were in the middle of a um, a reading series mm-hmm. it was like a new play um, reading festival mm-hmm. and it was it was plays by Asian American women mm-hmm. by um, directed by Asian American women oh rock on and you know at the time we thought we were doing really impactful work and mm-hmm. then that ha- then he got elected, and I just remember feeling this huge grief, like mm-hmm. nothing that we're doing is making a difference. Yeah, and and then I just like brushed myself off and yeah, got right. up. There you go. And yeah. I said, okay, now it's like the work. Ha- you know, now the work, real work starts. Yeah, like now we have to keep doing yeah. what we're doing. And mm-hmm.
0: I'm seeing a lot, a lot of that around. We've had a lot of guests talk about how they're doing theater, which has a social element to mm-hmm. it, which talks about what's happening. Like Susan M, she wants to develop, right. and that's something I'm involved in an adaptation of Bertolt Brecht's Fear and Misery in the Third Reich. But instead of talking about the Third Reich of Nazi Germany, we're talking about what's happening right now in the age of Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that this and other things, a good friend of mine, Lisa Kong, who is a uh, playwright. I
2: know Lisa. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we've had her
0: on, and uh, she's doing a thing called a Same Boat theater which, focus on, uh, theater, which focuses on the environment. And um, so, you know, there's a lot of, I'm, I'm very happy to see Political theater—a theater, a theater mm-hmm. that is trying to change the social consciousness mm-hmm. or or elevate the social consciousness so that people can understand what other people are going through. So that's what's going on. Um, so Salesforce, this is a CEO, multi-billionaire Mark Benioff is donating thirty million dollars to, uh, to combat homelessness here in San Francisco. Right. This Proposition C—I don't know if you heard about Proposition I C. Not. But he's trying to tackle, you know, the vast – apparently the homelessness here in San Francisco has become nationwide news. Right. Apparently we're the absolute worst yeah. in all of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's difficult to see it because we're in it. But right. uh, Well,
1: know, no, it's easy if you just look around. It's mm-hmm. pretty yeah. much everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. All righty. So that's that's current events, and I'm sure there are other things will pop you up. You
1: skipped all over Congress and that craziness. Oh, well, <laughs> t- 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 talk to me about that. We don't need to go there. Holy cow. <laughs> I just wish Barr has oh, a nice short oh, career. Yeah, I, yeah. I will. I'll call him Ag Barr. I, I heard somebody call him General. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's right.
0: While we were off, uh, Rosenstein. Rosten, he uh, he was yet Rosenstein. another Rosenstein yes. was yet another Trump official to um, to
1: quit. Right. Well, he'd already announced he yeah. was going to. So. But the
0: list is long. I mean, I as as a sort of but a, a sort of um, amateur historian, I mean, mm. I th- the only other president that has had so many people drop out of their cabinet. You have to go all the way back to um, John Tyler, the 10th president. Wow.
1: No, I didn't know that.
0: Um, brief history, and then we're going to jump into an origin mm-hmm. story for you. But John Tyler, uh, this goes back to the Whigs. So the Whigs uh, mm-hmm. got elected for the very first time, William Henry Harrison. Mm-hmm. And they were going to be the the party against Andrew Jackson. against.
1: Right. Oh, that's against, right. Against... Um, Tyler was vice president.
0: <clears throat> he was the vice president. And they were going Tippy against... Because Tyler the Democratic too. Party was about slavery and about what they call cotton, you know, right. King Cotton yeah. and uh, the power of the white man that owned property. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Jackson was about that. And the Whig Party was going to go against that. Right. And William Henry Harrison dies. Right. After a month in office. Yeah. John Tyler shortest, takes on. Shortest, is, exactly. Sort of tenure ever. And Tyler goes against everything the Whigs wanted because yep. of whatever his own reason. And also Texas, he wanted Texas an, uh, annexed. Right. Which, of course, you know, led to the spread of slavery. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically, everyone in his cabinet walked out with the exception of one person. (laughs) But Trump is approaching that. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Enough boredom. (laughs) Let's get into an origin story. Lily Tongue Crystal. Um, So how did you get involved in theater? I mean, what uh, did you – were you involved in theater when you were young?
2: I was. You know, I actually came into theater as a singer. Is, which right? is funny, right. yeah. Just funny because people don't know that I'm a singer now. Wow! <laughs>
1: the first, not the first time we have heard this on this show. Oh, um, really? That yeah.
2: that's an actor started out as a singer. That yeah.
0: people, yeah,
1: started out singing, yeah, yeah. It like, yeah. singing, yeah.
0: and then you know, so then to
2: Go ahead. yeah. So I, you know, I, um, I started singing and playing piano from a pretty young age, like the age of seven. Yeah. Are you and, a Are you a native? I I'm, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. Okay. okay. And my parents are both Chinese immigrants. Got so it. it. So. Um, so I, I started singing really early, and then I started doing musical theater, like, in fifth grade. Oh, wow. And then just started doing theater, but mostly musical theater mm-hmm. through the years as, as a in grade school and high school. And then in college, I did a little bit of theater, some straight plays. I was in Marat Saad. I remember I was played a... Marat
3: Saad. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. played an inmate, a, a yeah. mental inmate. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, and then I, I sang a cappella. I went to school at Cornell University. I sang in an a cappella group. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. And so I didn't really do much theater. I was mostly singing. I sang in a band. Yeah. Mm. And then I I actually lived in Shanghai, China in, uh, for about – off and on for about nine years mm. after wow. college. Uh-huh. I was a foreign, a freelance foreign correspondent there. Mm. I started the first English language magazine and mm-hmm. worked for people like I Told You the World and yeah. mm-hmm. um, NBC News, APTV. Wow, that's really New impressive. York Times, yeah. so I wrote for – and when I was there, I did a play. I played Amanda in Private Lives. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it was an expat production. And then when I moved back to, to the US, I moved to San Francisco in about 99, 2000. Mm-hmm. And I started, I went back to the theater because I missed it. And I, um, I took classes at ACT, at Studio ACT, and then was an audition, you know, auditioned for non union theater. Mm-hmm mostly musical theater and then i turned union in 2009 mm-hmm.
3: okay so
2: that was kind of my progression i but it's funny because when i when i moved back here i did i would say 70% musical theater and 30% straight plays mm-hmm. and then once i turned equity it totally right flip flopped so now i do maybe like 80% straight plays and 20% musical theater yeah mm-hmm. and um, i mean i think partly because in some ways I, I don't know i think in some ways i'm a better actor but it, and, and in other ways, I think th- there's not a lot of um, union musical theater going on here. Yeah. Right, yeah. there isn't. And so I, it, it's just funny because when people find out that I sing, they're surprised, which is ironic for me because I, I came I, – I always identified as a singer mm-hmm. yeah. primarily until like you know 2010 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Usually the story that we hear from those who are singers is that they don't have a lot of opportunities to to act – but also they don't have a lot of opportunities to, I guess, um, make the money that they wanted to. Or I guess there were more opportunities in the Bay Area for, you know, straight acting.
3: Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes.
0: Although there is like Ray of Light Theater. And, of course, there are musicals like the Orpheum and, you know, like the big Well, but those are out of stuff. town. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. They
2: cast a lot of those out of town. And then like Ray of Light is a great theater. Yeah. And, um, but they use non-union actors. So yeah. for union actors, I think the opportunities are are few. Woodminster still hires union actors, right. but a lot of the the musical theater um, companies like American Musical Theater of San Jose mm-hmm. and uh, Willows like they closed down the last you know ten years or so, right. or the last yeah. five right. years. So the 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 well, opportunities are dwindling. I thought, doing I the thought
1: something else had had sprung up in San Jose. I thought there was a new American musical. Yeah, there was. I think there re- might have been something, something, but
2: I think some of the they they. I think they present a lot, mm-hmm. so they don't only produce. Uh, uh-huh. I think they may, they might produce a little bit, but right. not as much as AMTSJ did.
3: Right, right. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, and, that and was surprising. It, yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's interesting. I mean, <laughs> it you know, the, uh, may, it's trying to create a career in the Bay Area, right. doing what you you can. A lot of a lot of younger actors ask me like, how can I, you know, grow my career? And the the, the advice I got a long time ago. And I think it was from Leslie Martinson, who was the oh, casting director right. at TheatreWorks. She um, she had said, you know, diversify yourself as much as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. So, which is another thing that a lot of singers have said: where uh-huh. I've got to, you know, get put my put my. You know, put my hand in as many pots as possible to, you know, to do different things. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, you know, because James, I work with James Eichelhart. you know, uh, Bat Boy. He directed Bat Boy the musical, but he left immediately because he knew that he couldn't, there was just not so much he could do. Right. So I think you're absolutely right. I am curious. So you dabbled a little bit into journalism, you know, prior to coming to the the Bay Area. Was there a reason or is, is it something that you just... So
2: I, you know, I, in college, I, I, uh, I majored (coughs) in English Mm -hmm. and so I was really, I've always been a really good writer Mm -hmm. and, and I, and so when I, when I graduated from college, I was in Shanghai and a friend of mine was working at the Shanghai television station Mm -hmm. and as the English consultant and she was leaving for three months and needed someone to take her place and she knew that I had writing skills. So she asked me if I would take over her job for three months until she got back. Right. And I said, great, sure. And and I think at the time, you know, I had always been a performer, but as an avocation, mm-hmm. I never took it as – I never considered it a career move. Mm-hmm, yeah, And I think part of it is because, like, my parents were hugely supportive of my career as an – well, not my career, but my, my development as an actor and a singer. Mm. My mother, always, you know, always pushed me to – to practice and you know, be good at that. Uh-huh. But but I would say bottom line, what was more important was to do well in school yeah.
1: academically. Uh-huh. And so
2: <clears throat> I so kind of had to be good at both things. Like she wanted to be, me to be to excel at academics. Mm-hmm. And then if if I did that then I could also do theater. Mm-hmm. But and she wanted me to excel at that too, but it was right. always kind of secondary to the academics. Sure. So I think growing up with that with that philosophy I never really thought I could be a performer Mm -hmm. and have a career at doing it. Yeah. So when I when I got this job, I I I took to it really naturally, journalism, Mm -hmm. and then um, I just kept going from there. Like I got hired to edit the first English language magazine in Shanghai. I was their first editor, and I and I and I I I still kept singing and acting a little bit on the side, Mm -hmm. but my career was always in writing.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Um. And then when I moved to San Francisco and just eventually. Did more and more theater. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I still am a writer. Actually, I still do that. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. i still have a dual career. Mm -hmm. So I write and produce mostly for television, and I, and then so that's half my career, and then the other half is theater and performing.
0: Yeah, I'm also interested in your transition because you know you came here in the Bay Area in 2009.
2: No, 2000, I'm actually, sorry, 1999.
0: Nine, I'm sorry, 1999. Yeah. Why did I think 2009? Because
2: I turned to equity in 2009.
0: <laughs> Got it. <clears throat> um, but now it sounds like you're doing more producing. You're actually, um, it, it, you know, like Ferocious Lotus, and mm-hmm. you're directing, and it sounds like you're working more, I think, behind the scenes. Is that correct? Is that accurate?
2: You know, I would say in the last year that's more accurate. Um, I So I first started directing in 2000 and fifteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't direct for a while and then last year I directed again for the mm-hmm. first time. Like so that was like three years later. Mm-hmm. And that, but then since then I've directed four shows in a row. Yeah. Wow. So so I have I, I did one show as an actor yeah. also in that time. Right. So I've been doing both, but the last year I've been directing a lot. Um and then in two thousand ten I founded Ferocious Lotus. Mm-hmm. And so we've been producing also, but we produce maybe one show every twelve to eighteen months. So mm-hmm. it's pretty you know, there's there's still even though I'm producing with Ferocious Lotus, there's still time to act. Sure. So I would say that like I, most most of the time I've been acting, except for the last year.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And and then even when I was doing Ferocious Lotus from two thousand ten till now, I've been producing part time and also acting mostly. Mm-hmm. Um and one reason I you know, I it's interesting, like I never thought that I would be a director. I kind of got dragged into it. Mm-hmm. And now, having been a director, I, I, you know, I, I have a little bit of a um, identity crisis. Like, I'm trying yeah. to figure out, like, you right. know, what what do I like better? What I want to do more yeah. of? You know, because it's it's really <clears> difficult <throat> as a director. Like, when I'm directing, it's so. All-encompassing, like right. I think directing is much harder than acting, mm-hmm. and in terms of the job itself, I think acting harder in terms of getting the job.
3: But um, I agree. yeah,
2: <laughs> so because you direct too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So directing takes so much out of me. I, it, it's hard for me to go to be an actor yeah. at the same time, and so you know, and there's a grief in that. Like yeah, I, I mm-hmm. miss being an actor, and you know, when, when I'm directing shows like Flower Drum Song right now. I mean, the cast is wonderful, and they're having so much fun, and they're so talented. And mm. part of me is just like, I just want to be out there. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out how can I do both, and if I want to do both. And there's things about both that I love. Right. So it's hard to choose. I just wish I could clone myself yeah, and I, I could do never, everything. Yeah,
1: I I can never make that choice. Yeah. You know, it's more like where where opportunities taking me right now because, you know, I – I want to be doing something. I was about to say,
0: Norman, because you do this all the time. You both act as an equity actor and you do a bunch of directing also.
1: Today, like I was saying earlier, it just was driving me crazy. I've been trying to hire somebody, and I'm like, why am I in a position to hire somebody? Why is that even a thing? And then I realized, well, it's a thing because these people want you so badly that they are letting you do this to accommodate your Norman, your schedule. Hmm. Like, okay. So, yeah, it's stressful but it's stressful because it'll make my life better. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: I had, um, I had a technical question, but also wanted to ask more about Ferocious Lotus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But just as a director, um, I think about I don't know why my mind goes to this, but <clears throat> I think about I'm thinking about basketball because the Warriors are playing right now. But right. I remember when Magic Johnson was coaching, of course, he's a fantastic player, but he was a horrible coach because right. he wanted to listen, do it the way that I'm doing it. And, of course, you can't do that. And you can't tell an actor, you you can tell an actor what's in your mind, but you're, you're not supposed to teach actors. Actors are supposed to know what's going on. Do you run into that problem where, as an actor, you're like, oh, no, do it the way that I would as an actor?
1: You mean as a director?
0: As a director, exactly.
2: So as a director, do I run into the problem of not being able to tell somebody my vision? Because yeah. I just say, oh, mm-hmm. just do, it, do, yeah. do what I do like as an actor. Say, like, let's say,
0: you're directing someone who has a who is an actor who's doing a character, and in your mind you're like, I would do that character a different way, but it's that 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 they are the actor and they're the ones who has control over this character. Mm-hmm. But they have a different vision. Is that a problem, or is it you know just a um, is this just par
1: for the course? Just part of the terrain. <laughs>
2: That's a really good question. I mean, I have I have been in situations where my vision was different than the actor, mm-hmm, and it caused some tension in the room. Um, I and I also, I would say most of my experience, though. I, you know, I don't have that problem a lot, where okay. where somebody is, is bringing something in. I mean, I'll guide that person, mm-hmm. but I also. It, it's interesting because, like I said, I never thought I'd be a director, sure. so I never mm-hmm. <laughs> knew if I would be good at it mm-hmm. or, or what would happen. And I think the first the first time I directed, I directed Chinglish to Palo Alto Players, and uh, the the artistic director Patrick Klein kind of wheeled me in because he had gotten my name. He was trying to find a director for Chinglish, and I speak right. Chinese. Mm-hmm. And if those of you who don't know it, it's a David Henry Huang play. And I would say half of it's in Chinese. Mm-hmm. So they had asked Jeffrey Lowe if he was interested in directing, and right. he had given them my name. So they called, and I said, well, I'm an actor. I'm not a director. But I have all these names I can give you of other directors. Mm-hmm. And then he kept calling, and he said, well, let's have a conversa- another conversation. And at the time, I was doing the regional tour of Chingles as an actor. Mm-hmm. So I knew the play really well. <coughs> so then he, you know, he called me in. and we, we, called, we, I, we talked on the phone, and I said, I have, you know, I'm not an actor. I mean, I'm not a director. I have mm-hmm. these names. And he said, well, let's meet. So then we met. Right. And then I said, "I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a director. I have these names." And he said, "Well, why don't you know? We want you to direct it." And I thought about it for a couple of weeks, and I just had no idea if I could do it. But mm-hmm. I knew that play so well that I figured, right. okay, I, I think I can take this on.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, and I was really nervous. That I, w- I w- what I was nervous ab- most about was mm-hmm. making artistic decisions sure. and being able to guide the actors. And but when I got into it, I realized that that came easy to me. What was hard was managing the. <laughs> Uh, like managing uh. all like these different personalities right. and yeah. what they need and and so I you know I I came it came kind of naturally for me to know what a story should be like no because I, I really try try to stay true to story in the text sure mm-hmm. and really mine the text for for the real story <laughs> and and I am also I also like work that is both heartfelt and smart yeah so sometimes I go to theater and it's I think it's like very brainy yes. and it just doesn't speak to me on a heart level and I like theater that really encompasses the totality of human experience so yeah. something that's really heartful heartfelt and heartful and it has has a, you know has mind to it has brain and smarts to it so when I tackle a text I look for all those things like how do we tell the story as true as possible to this text yeah and mine it for you know the human story so I feel like once I do that and I'm working with an actor, I can give them my perception or my analysis of what this means right. mm-hmm. and, and guide them to get there. And, but I don't really go to a place where I'm like, okay, how would I do this? Okay. I mm-hmm. kind of separate right. myself <coughs> from that. Yeah, I don't know if you like feel the same way. I
1: feel like there's such different hats that it's like, you know, would you do what you do in riding a bike that you would do when you're running? I'm like, mm, yeah, no, those, those are – they both travel, but those are two very different occupations. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you about the thing – I get to come in as an actor and I'm like, all I got to worry about is the p- words on the page that are coming out of my mouth. That's all I got to worry about. Yeah. Dude, I love this.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, because, and also <coughs> acting, like you go during re- your rehearsal, mm-hmm. but as a director, you're there. Every rehearsal. We do it all the time. Yeah. And you have it's to deal with the tech, the designers, the actors. It's like everything. Yeah. And so it's just really – It's like I live and breathe the show when mm-hmm. I'm directing. Right. But as an actor, I'm just living and breathing my part. It's like right. one piece of 50 pieces, you right. know? yeah. Yeah.
0: And you were talking about personalities. What well, if you have a good – if you have a good stage manager, they should probably take a lot of that load off of you, I would think.
2: Yes. And, you know, I um, – I've learned that I've learned that through talking to other directors. I, I asked I asked other directors for a lot of advice mm-hmm. when I first started out, mm-hmm. like uh, Mina Morita, who's the artistic director of Crowded Fire, and Graham Smith, mm-hmm. who's a great director. And and um, one one piece of advice I got was really, you know lean on your stage manager. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I did that enough in the beginning. Yeah. Now I'm getting better at it. So there's yeah. less pressure.
0: And speaking as a former stage manager, we appreciate it because, you know, it, it gives us a little bit more autonomy and we can take the load off of, um, off of the director yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you stage directors <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah. We've had Jennifer Daly. I'm trying to get Linda Huang on because she's a fan, fantastic Asian-American stage manager, and she just loves it. Let's talk about Ferocious Lotus. What what prompted you or others to create Ferocious Lotus?
2: Well, it was 2010, and I actually started it with a fellow actor, also an equity actor, Leon Gertson.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And yeah, that's right. yeah,
2: I forgot that. Yeah. So Leon's great. He's now our casting director and uh, a founder. Mm-hmm. And we – you know, we we were at a, a night of the thea- night of theater at Berkeley Rep. Mm-hmm. We were watching a Naomi Azuki play, and he said, "Oh, you know, I'd love to start a theater company." And at the time, I had won the Titan Award, which is a at the time it was a two thousand dollar grant for right. actors that Theater Bay Area gave, and um, it was for career building. And so, I part of my um, part of my my. Uh, grand application, mm-hmm. was to start an Asian American actors group for networking, support, mentorship, mm-hmm. but not a theater company. Mm-hmm. And so he said he wanted to start a theater company. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, I don't have time for that. Like, I, 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 don't, I, I, don't, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I had just had a child. I had a baby, like, in 2009, mm-hmm. at the end of 2009. And this was, like, mid-2010. Yeah. And then we all the, – the group got together – and Asian American Theater Company was put, was doing a comedy festival mm-hmm. and so we they gave us they asked us to do a, a night of one acts of comedic one acts during that festival mm-hmm. for one weekend yeah and so we thought well you know for any theater company the, the hardest part is space yeah, exactly. Space. Right. Yeah. So we thought, well, if someone's giving us space; we should do something. And so mm-hmm. we made a theater company. It was totally by default. I mean, by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like getting into directing. Yeah. And if you had told me I would have birthed the child in a theater company in the same year, I would have said you're crazy. But that's mm-hmm. kind of what happened. Like I was at rehearsal with my baby and my <coughs> Bjorn um, mm-hmm. during that time. But, but one. I mean, in terms of philosophically and like in terms of social activism, mm-hmm. the reason why we started it was because. We didn't think there was there were a lot of opportunities for Asian American theater artists, especially actors, and especially if they were union. Mm -hmm. So Asian American Theater Company, they're now no longer operating. But when they were, they were offering. Are they officially like?
3: You know, I think so. Uh, Yeah, I think
2: they're. uh, I'm not sure. But their their website is no longer Mm -hmm. theirs. So, um, I I mean, I wish they would come. I hope they would come back. You never know. Amazing things kind of you know come back, come back to life. Mm -hmm. With time, so they were offering a home in terms of of mostly non-union actors. They Mm -hmm. didn't really have the budget to hire union actors, so we were seeing a lot of actors get their start here and then move to LA and New York. Right. And we thought we could be a home for Asian American actors, (coughs) and and really um, promote and encourage their work to be seen Mm -hmm. by audiences. And it's been nine years now. And I think we've done a lot, and you know, now the ma- a lot more theaters, including the mainstream theaters and the equity houses, are hiring our company members. Are hiring Asian American actors, playwrights, directors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a huge there are many many Asian American shows happening on our stages. So, you know, I I feel like we've we've um, contributed to that movement.
0: No, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> you're absolutely right. You know, aside from Bindlestiff Studios, I really don't see a lot of, uh, unless they're specialized events, like, uh, I don't know, like Chinese New Year or something Mm -hmm. like that. Now, that's fantastic. I was going to ask, financially, I mean, how is Ferocious Lotus doing? Because that's really the hardest thing as far as starting up a theater, Um, getting the, you know, getting the audiences in and also getting the grants.
2: Well, it was really important to us to be financially solvent and be able to pay our, our artists. Sure. So... I mean, a part of it, we are financially solvent, and part of the reason is, be- there are a few reasons. One is that we don't own a theater. We're itinerant, so mm-hmm. we don't have that pressure. Yeah. The second is that we're, you know, we're an, an artist-driven collective. So we do work when we have the resources and um, time mm-hmm. as a group to do it. Mm-hmm. And so we do, you know, one show every year, 18 months, and that's, that helps us be financially solvent because we're really raising money for the project we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also really, you know, another reason is that I, I'm really grateful to our company because we all are volunteers and we all, um, you know, well, and and actually we're moving towards a towards a pay model where mm-hmm. where not only our artists per project but our. Producers and the administration is getting paid Mm -hmm. um, on a regular basis, so we're moving to that model. Yeah, and I and I think (coughs) you know the Bay Area theater community has been really generous as well. Yeah, not only the donors, we have a donor base, Mm -hmm. but also you know the foundations. We for our last two shows, we got grants from Zellerbach, from Theater Bay Area. Yeah, and so the the support is there, Mm -hmm. and we you know we remain spry, like we do. Small theater, and mm-hmm. um, our last show was at Protero Stage, which is a ninety-nine seat house. Yeah, and then before that, I was at so no playground is right. Yes, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, we yes. were on
1: top of each other pretty much last uh, last spring. Yeah, yeah, because we were doing, doing one of the shows as part of the playgrounds thing, and you guys mm-hmm. were bringing in your play. Yeah, we were
2: doing Two Mile Hollow, which mm-hmm. was the world premiere of the Leon Nanako Winkler play.
0: Very nice. Which did
2: really well for us. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: And I'm sure you had uh, something to do with as far as the grant, right? Because, you know, you're a writer, so grant writing should not be a problem for you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for better or for worse, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do some of the grant mm-hmm. writing. And then we have um, two producers, um, Cindy Yoshiyama and uh, Sunshine. I'm um, mm-hmm. talking there. Sunshine is the general manager and Cindy's the managing director. Mm-hmm. So we do that together.
0: Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Let's talk about Fra- Flower Drum Song. How is that going on? It's it's being played right now, right?
2: Yes, it's going great. We opened last weekend, Mm -hmm. and we run this weekend and next weekend. Yeah. And it's wonderful. You know, um, we've gotten wonderful reviews, and we're a theater, a Bay Area, I'm sorry, a theater Bay Area recommended show. Rock on. People are coming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love Flower Drum Song, (coughs) and um, because... For better or worse, you know the the original musical gets maligned a lot. The 1958 version, mm-hmm. because it, it can be very stereotypical sure. in um, in its message or its portrayal not Asian told Americans. by Asian
0: American. I mean, right. there may be Asian American actors on there, but it's usually produced by those who are not.
2: Yes, I mean uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein wrote the first musical mm-hmm. and all the music and the libretto and. You know, as white men sure. writing about Asian American, the yeah. Asian-American community. And then in 2002, David Henry Huang rewrote the libretto. Right. So the songs are all the same, but the story is completely different. Mm. So he – and th- that's the one we're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he really reclaimed it as an Asian-American story. And, and I, I still have a soft spot in my heart for the original because, you know, that was the first – in 1961, Flower Drum Song came out as a movie, and that was the first movie with Asian-American performers in it. Yeah. And the next one didn't happen until 1993, yeah. with with Joy Luck Club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you mm-hmm. know, when I was growing up, there was this vast desert oh, of yeah. no, yeah. no Asian American people on film. The only on, other on thing film. I can think
0: about is The King and I, but really, I mean, that's right.
2: yeah, but
0: also like TV shows yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
2: But it wasn't a full Asian American cast. Right. Neil Brenner wasn't really Asian, right? So, uh, so I, you know, I remember seeing seeing Flower Drum Song in high school. It was already an old movie by then, mm-hmm. and right. I was like, oh my gosh there are people on this, in this film like me. I, yeah. I watched it over and over, and I was so enthralled by it. And for a theater kid, especially a musical theater kid, it was really exciting. Mm-hmm. And so I still have a soft spot in my heart for it, but it's even more um, attractive to me now mm-hmm. to direct the David Henry Huang version yeah. because it's written by an, a Chinese-American playwright, mm-hmm. one I love, who's also on an advisory board, and David's mm-hmm. just a wonderful person and playwright and artist. And, and, it's, and it's lovely because we... You know, part of the part of doing racially specific work is making sure members of the community are in the room. Right. right. So the the artistic leadership, me and the choreographer Alex Shu mm-hmm. and the um, uh, music director we were all Chinese American. Mm-hmm. We have a ninety percent or eighty percent Asian American API design team. Mm-hmm. We have a hundred percent API cast. Mm-hmm. And for those people that don't know, API means Asian Pacific Islander. Yeah. Right. And um, we brought in four or five dramaturgs and cultural consultants oh, who awesome. were all Chinese American, yeah, so you know this show was truly produced I mean p- put on by by um, the people who were represented yeah. in, in the show, yeah, so it was really put on by Asian American. An Asian American.
0: Yes, it's very, very important. And the actors are having fun, and you know, there there are no issues and all that sort of stuff.
2: Oh, (laughs) our cast is amazing. They're they're just not only are they super talented, but they're amazing people and a joy to work with. And they just jumped in and did whatever they needed to, you know, to get the show up and Mm -hmm. and really like say, I mean, like create magic and from such a good-hearted place. Like they're just wonderful people. Yeah. And. And this show is fun and it's funny. You know, it's a really dance-heavy number. It's mm-hmm. set in the Chop Suey Circuit, yeah. which is a cabaret oh, right, club. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in the 50, 40s and 50s, there was a Chop Suey Circuit of cabaret clubs in Chinatowns mm. th- in San Francisco, New York, and um, ch- uh, Asian American performers really got a chance. That sometimes their only chance to mm-hmm. reach a widespread audience. In these clubs, and they were super popular. Mm-hmm. And there was like the Chinese Fred Astaire and the Chinese Ginger Rogers. Oh, okay, and yeah. I mean, unfortunately, they were compared to their white counterparts, but sure. they were they were themselves hugely talented. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this story is set in the Chop Suey circuit. So there's wonderful dance numbers, mm-hmm. and there I mean, they're they sh- show-stopping dance numbers. Mm-hmm. And there's this wonderful story about immigration and identity, and co- you know, uh, conflict between older. Chinese immigrants and their American-born children. Right, yeah. How one identifies as American, mm. how one finds their place in a country that may not be always welcoming. Yeah. So there's a really, and there's a love story. Yeah. So there's a really heartfelt, um, I would say, important, impactful story. Yeah. And it's set against this humor and this dance and song and dance yeah. um, extravaganza.
0: No, is fantastic. You don't see a lot of musicals. Not only Asian American musicals, but musicals, but also deals with serious issues like discrimination, even within right. your own culture. Like, I had a friend yes. of mine who was born in China, and she came to America, and she was like, you know, it's funny. I'm being discriminated against by Chinese Americans, those yes. who are American-born. Right. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know that that was a thing. And yes, and,
2: and this show, I would say Flower Drum Song, t- touches upon that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there are Chinese-American characters. Mm-hmm. And, right. and and also their parents obviously who are Chinese. Yeah. But there's also immigrants in the story mm-hmm. that that come from China that are that the same generation as the Chinese children. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and so they're both like in their twenties or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so there is definitely a, a a part of the play where the Chinese the American born Chinese mm-hmm. person is discriminatory against. Yeah, the the Chinese person. Mm. Yeah. So it, I mean, racial discrimination occurs. Oh okay.
1: yeah, right. oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, t- I tend to think of that era because isn't it similar time period as like um, South Pacific, um, Finians Rainbow.
2: Yes, the the original, the yeah. one, the original nineteen fifty eight. It yeah, was yeah, yeah. it's well, It's considered golden era. Golden well, Era musical, yeah. The
1: musicals, it's bizarre in that era because they do get the social consciousness. Yeah. And they try to bring that to the stage. And I think
0: that was the rise of Sondheim as well. He was doing also. Well, of no, he's yeah.
1: he's just after that.
0: Okay, yeah. But
1: he's very aware. But no, for me, it's a weird period because it gets clunky. Like South Pacific, man, it's hard. <laughs> It's just hard to watch that story and go, Okay, I'm supposed to sympathize with this guy. This guy's a jerk. Right, or right. Why do I yeah. care that his heart is broken? <clears throat> right. Well exactly. time you
2: know, time has moved on. Oh, you yeah. know, that what what was that? Nineteen fifty eight is mm-hmm. how, sixty years?
1: Almost Amazing. Yeah, yeah. more
2: than sixty more years. More than yeah. sixty years yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I, for that time it was hugely right impactful. Yes, and now it's it sixty years later and you know, we're still dealing with stuff, oh, sure. that, you know, related stuff, and yeah. and now and now it's six years later, and we have to look at the the work well, from a different perspective. They, they
1: fixed Dumbo, so you know. <laughs> I yeah. haven't seen that movie. I'm I don't know. I'm curious, yeah. but I was frightened. I was like, "Wait a minute! Seriously, you 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 remade Dumbo? What? Yeah, what? yeah.
0: I don't know about these movies today." I but um, it's it's interesting. I was going to ask you about Palo Alto Players. Is this a collaboration, or are you just using the space? Or
3: oh
2: no no no. So it, it's their production. Got it. So I'm I. This is uh, not a Floresis Lotus production. Oh, okay, I am, now I, I get am, it. I'm the hired gun. Okay. So mm-hmm. so uh, Patrick, as I said, the the artistic director was yes. the first one to give me my shot at directing. Mm-hmm. Right. They were producing Chinglish, and he hired me. And then when I heard they were doing Flower Drum Song. He reached out to me, and I, 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 like I said, I love this musical, so I said, "Oh, you know, if you're looking for a director," mm-hmm. and he, um, he was he he was interested in me directing, and so we that's how it happened. So oh, he fantastic. asked me to direct this. So I the Palo Alto Players it has you know its own season. They do I like five shows a year or yeah. something. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, the Hard Gun, and it shows just how you know. <clears throat> how in demand you are, you know, people are pulling you from all different areas. That's fantastic. So what are the new plans for Ferocious Lotus? What, what's what's the future for Ferocious, Ferocious Lotus?
2: You know, that's a good question. We, you know, we, we worked really hard on our last show, mm-hmm. which was hugely successful. We had sold out shows. We were... Um, Theater Bay Area Award finalist in ten categories wow. and one win. Our our, our actor um, Greg Ayers, won for best acting. Yay, Greg! Yeah, I love Greg. And so we were, you know, we're nominated across the board for design, for direction, mm-hmm. um, ensemble, actors, production, and and we and then you know, like I said, we come together to do work, and then we go and uh, and do our own projects, right. and that kind of happened after. You know, our actors like Rena Beth Apostol, O.G. Zuleta, who's oh. in our company. Oh, and Will Dow, they're all doing, you know, different different projects. And I went off and directed at other places. And um, Leon's doing work. You know, our, our dramaturg, Andy Wang, is um, in New York getting her MFA at Columbia. And mm. Mei Liang, another, one of our directors, is directing. Mm. Jeffrey Lowe is really busy. And Ken Savage, those are most of our company members. So, mm. you know, we, we all went off and did other, um, did other work. And now mm. we're, we're looking for – we're, we're – we're, we're in the process of gathering again and figuring out what our next yeah. our mm-hmm. next project is. It's
0: helpful to because I've been a part of theater companies where that's not in, encouraged at all. Where they're like, mm-hmm. no, 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 you're part of the company and you know we're, you're just you're just going to work for the company itself, and mm-hmm. which can be very limiting. I'm sure you've experienced that as well, Norman.
1: Uh, Bay Area theaters, you know, <laughs> yeah. having a home is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm
0: but having the ability to work and do other things uh, is is flexibility is well, going to have to sure. yeah exactly yeah I mean, I, <laughs> there's another option i mean i would
2: love to pay them like full time all year round <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah you know, we you know we don't we're not that kind of company and be- sure. like again we're artist driven yeah so i guess if we were more producer driven mm-hmm. or playwright driven i don't even i'm not sure what driven but if we were more of a actual theater company sure. i mean we are a theater company but if we were less artist driven mm-hmm. sure then maybe we would have expected the company just stick with us, mm-hmm. but again, we were founded because we were trying to give right. Asian American theater artists opportunities, right? And to tell Asian American stories, right? And and those art our artists are they're getting work elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. other people are telling Asian American stories. Not to say that we shouldn't. I mean, we still right. want to tell our stories. Oh, there's plenty of room.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And
2: and we will continue to do so. Yeah, and and as 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 an artist driven collective. Because we're all individual artists, we also want to pay mind and attention to our own careers. Yeah. You know, what we want to do as individuals. Yeah, Yeah, that makes total sense.
0: Um, I wanted to touch on, because we've had a couple of, um, we've had a lot of um, guests on who are female and who are mothers. And I'm thinking about Mother's Day because we won't be around next week. Right. Because I'll be off to D.C. to visit my mom. Right. And uh, happy Mother's Day. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. How do you balance mothering? With how do you balance your career uh, with being a mom? I think that's a lot. A lot of young actors would would love to hear. Yeah,
2: that. it's. I mean, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. I, I won't lie. I'm really lucky that I have family here. So mm-hmm. my my mother lives nearby. She's actually. Cool. Lived in Alameda for a long, a long time, and then nope. now mm-hmm. in the last year she moved into San Francisco, okay. into downstairs of us in our in our building. Oh, cool! Sure. So she's really close, and she takes care of my son a lot. Fantastic. My husband is a touring musician, Eric okay. Crystal, um, yep. and he plays with Bob Gags a lot of uh, the year. Wow! So he's gone like six yeah. months of the year. Right. Yeah. So she really helps out. But when he's home, he's home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if he's home and I have work. Then he does a lot of the parenting. Sure. So we're true, cl- co- you know, we're true co-parenters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it t- it's it's nice that he also is in the business because he understands right. the demands. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's really important to have your village, and with, mm-hmm. and a lot of people aren't as lucky as I mm-hmm. that I have my mother here, my sisters right. here also, mm-hmm. and my uh, cousins, aunts and nice. uncles. Mm-hmm. So my my cousin Celia helps out a lot. My sister Sarah also helps out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm lucky that way, and I, and I also rely on friends. You know, I, sure. I, I do – I'm a very social person, and I really value community. Mm-hmm. So I'm really grateful to my community of, of fellow moms who've also helped out. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have fellow moms who are friends who are also actors, like Susan Shea is a really good friend of mine, mm-hmm. Fontana Butterfield. And we, yeah. you know, we'll go to, like – I remember in the beginning when Susan and I both had our kids at the same time, our, 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 well, her firstborn and my only only child. But we'd go to we'd go to um, auditions together and watch each other's babies oh, while the other oh, person nice, was in the room. Nice, nice. So that helps a lot. Oh, um, that's
0: fantastic.
2: And, you know, it, it, but it is hard. You know, another thing that I that I do is w- any job that I get, whether mm-hmm. it's an actor or director, mm-hmm. I ask if there's a child care assignment. And the worst they can say is no. But, you know, I know what the, you know, we negotiate my salary, and oftentimes it's not a negotiation, but they, you know, they do what they can in in the salary. And then I'll ask, I'll say, you know, is there a child care stipend on top of that? Because I do need to hire. Right. um, I do need to hire. Sitters. Yeah. I mean, and my yeah. mom can only do so much. Sure. Like, yeah, I right. also need to hire sitters. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's been really helpful. And and I would say half the time they say yes. There's a, there's a stipend. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I think that's very important. I think actors really need to empower themselves to be a part of the well, negotiation. Organizations
1: need to be you know to become awake yeah. aware of that need. Uh, the um, as you like it that I've been doing, we workshop a couple of weeks. There were I don't know three or four, and it wasn't moms. It was moms and. You know, so yeah, both sides of the equation. Yeah, that's great. Seeing partners show up when that's going on is kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's, uh, and I and I have to like Norman said, like I really encourage, and and uh, encourage theater companies to to do more of you know helping parents with with the. It's hard, you know. I I did a Lort tour of Chinglish Uh and at Portland Center Stage and Syracuse Stage, so I was away for three months, and I was the only mother mm-hmm. in, the, in the team right, right. On, on the cast. We had a, a father, but his child was older, um, and, I, and I, it kind of struck me. I said, you know, this is hard to do, right. and the only reason I could do it is because my husband wasn't on tour, right. and mm-hmm. he stayed home. Right. But I remember like le- when I was about to leave, and I would tell people, they're like, oh, you're going, you're going away? Like, what are you, you going to do with Cole? And I said, "Well, just I do have a, I do have a husband who's <laughs> and a father. Like he, there is a parent. Right. And, and I think a lot of mothers get that. Yeah. Almost you know, people didn't. expect. Right. Oh, like when my husband goes on tour, no one asks him right. what he's doing with his son. Sure. You just right. yeah, assume right. I'm the one taking care of my son. Yeah, right. But when I went away, like the one time I went away, um, and he stayed home, there was this. Oh my gosh! Like, are you? What are you going to do? Like, are you know, are you going to be Cole? Like, what are you going to do? What do you, yeah. is, you know, how can you do that?
3: Yeah. And and I was it's like, well, you news. know, <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I have I have a husband and a father, <laughs> right. and my son has a father, and he'll be just fine with him. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, you know, right. It was. It
0: was has he seen you, Cole? Has because he's ten years old, right? Nine. Nine. Yeah, Nine.
2: almost ten. Yeah.
0: Has he seen you or your productions? Have you seen me on stage? Yeah,
2: he was on. He was. I mean, he was saw me in Flower Drum Song. Right on. Um, he's been coming to my show since he was about. I don't know. Uh, Five or six. Okay. okay. Um, and he he actually was in a show with me. Uh-huh. I did nice. Trojan Women uh-huh. with uh, um, multi-ethnic theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they needed uh, a Stianax. So he played a Stianax. Mm-hmm. He was the, the young boy. Oh, very mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. So that was really fun because we got to, mm-hmm. you know, spend time yeah. together and perform together.
0: Yeah. I asked that because we uh, had Priya, Priya Gayadine on and she talked about the joy of having her son – uh, I did a show. Welcome, we did. I, yeah. I wrote a play, uh, Foreman Men in Paris*, and she was in there. And we had, we had to deal with childcare issues. And I was like, you know, bring your son. if You want to bring your son?
1: One of the things that made it easier was the producers had, were dealing with it as well. That's right. And they would bring their kids if they both had to be there. They traded off as much as possible. And when they both needed to be there, they would bring their kids. So how could you say to somebody, "Hey, you can't, you can't bring your child"? When, there's my kids right, over there. Playing. Right,
0: Yeah. But also, Priya talked about the joy of having her son see her. Right. Not just as a mother, but as an actress, mm-hmm. as, you know, as, as someone who exists beyond the plane of just someone taking care of you. Yeah. And but I that, think that was, that was very crazy. empowering.
1: That was a little r- <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, but, uh, you know, she's Mostly one, she Mostly he was on backstage and didn't know what was right, going on. Right, exactly.
0: Going. But she knows yeah, that, right. that, you know, mommy's not just a mommy, but she's yeah. an actress as well. She's so a woman in
1: a slinky. <laughs> <energy>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs>
0: Velvet, you know, poor, you know, it, me and my <laughs> she was whatever. Fantastic. No, no, she was fantastic. Yeah. But, you know, people have talked about that. Like we had Jamie Lee Roberts on. You weren't here. Right. And she talked about, you know, not just being a mother. You know, a lot of actresses are like, oh, well, I have a child now, so I have to cut curtail my career. Stop, yeah. And hopefully we try to discourage that. You can still have a career as an actor and as a creative.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I think that, I mean, a lot of women get that. For, Mm -hmm. from the society or from whoever that, oh, once you become a mother, you have to, you know, leave your career. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, for a time, yeah, there's some time where you need, you know, and different people make different choices. Sure. Like some people take more time off and some people just keep acting. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do definitely, I definitely think that it is possible to have a career as an actor and a mother. Mm -hmm. And and in some ways, my work is more rich now than it ever has been. Mm, And because... You know, I think having children changes one's perspective yeah. to a larger one outside of oneself, yeah. and to to really want to um, do good work and make and do impactful and do impactful work, social activist work, mm-hmm. so that the world is a better place mm-hmm. for not only all of us as adults but also for right. our children, absolutely, and my son. So I think it's 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 definitely um, enriched my work. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. But I have to be honest; like I I also you know, I respect because um, I've been this mother as well. I, I respect when it's time to you know take a break right, and sure, and, sure. and take time off. And after this show, you know, like I said, it's the fourth show in a row. Mm-hmm. I, I need to get back to my son. Like I need to I right. get back to acting and yeah. get back to my son and and tend to gardens that I've left oh. a, little yeah, bit, yeah. a little bit a little bit you know overgrown. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I've been
1: wanting to take pictures because we finally started to tackle all the yard work. (laughs) I walk in at home and I'm like, and this is what it looks like when it's not a jungle. (laughs) And nobody else will know how significant this is because – they didn't see the hours and hours and days and days. Yeah, well, I
2: have my gardens. I think are metaphorical because I'm not. I, uh. <laughs> I unfortunately don't have a garden, which I did. But but yeah, just I, I mean it from a metaphorical sense mm. and you know from a mm-hmm. from a literal sense uh, that way. But get home I, and take care of stuff. Yeah, I yeah, I just have to I just have to you know spend more time with my son. My husband's you know right. on tour now, and so I want to spend more time with my son get back to acting. Mm. And you know I don't get a lot of sleep. That's the other thing that that happens. I sacrifice sleep. Mm-hmm. So. Um, People sometimes ask me, like, "How do you do it all?" And <laughs> what
3: answer I have is, "I don't sleep a lot."
2: Oh. So I, you know, I, I, I think it's challenging for women, and it's possible. It's both.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I
0: think so. Well, all right, we're hitting uh, the one-hour mark. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had a wonderful time. Uh, Shout-outs, birthdays.
1: birthdays, and I feel bad. I'm, I'm whether I'm here or not. I will make sure that I send out a list of birthdays. Oh, and, oh, sure. And get them to you. Guys. Yeah. I feel bad when I don't. Do and that. feel free
0: to step on mine. You know, you you know, we we know a bunch of folks. Oh,
1: <coughs> well, I won't say today's birthday. I'll leave that one to you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the, but the other one is today is uh, Belina Brown. Okay,
2: her birthday's today. I think so. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Belina! Yeah.
1: Cool, uh, Muhammad Shehata, who is in oh, the Muhammad Importance too. of Being Earnest. too. Yeah, his birthday. Do you know these folks, Lily?
2: I do. I know Muhammad and Belina. Happy birthday to both oh, wow. of you?
1: Wow he's at the uh, He's at the Aurora in the Importance of Being Earnest, which is going. I think. Through this weekend, I'm not sure how much longer it's playing. Okay, um, Just Thomas is somebody I met through um, shots. S.F. at a mm-hmm. piano fight. His birthday is coming up this week. And David Glover, who is an old gent of the theater here in Oakland, but mm-hmm. he has done. I've been to his place and I've seen these posters mm-hmm. from you know like 30 years ago, Bay Area stuff. He's oh, been wow. really connected to folks. yeah. His birthday comes up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Bud, who I thought I'd met before. Oh, I also you know Steve bud Do you, with yes. you know, the white Steve's hair? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, how many people are there walking around with white hair? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I met you. And he's like, I don't think so. <laughs> but he's a local actor. Uh, Tina Marie Murray, black okay. actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrence Ivory, Terrence Tyree, Tyree, Tyree Terrence Tyree Ivory okay. is a um, North Bay producer. Um, I know him, I first met him as an actor and then he went away to grad school, came and started a company up in the North Bay and. He's been doing great work. Uh, Dawn Troop, who is local. I South Dawn. Bay, travels mm-hmm. around. Dawn. She was in the um, Death of a Salesman that I did almost a year and oh, a half yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, Ubuntu. Mm. Ben Fisher, local playwright. I apparently met Ben when he was in middle school. Wow. And then. Um, <laughs> And then he came back to the Bay Area after college, having become a playwright. And now he's bouncing all over the place. Tim Hart is in "As You Like It" this summer with me, Free Shakespeare in the Park. And the final one is Joshua Hun.
0: All right, so I'll give you mine Hi, today. Um, Debbie Lynn character She and I are. She and I are both in "Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown." Uh, she, Debbie is a fantastic actress and director. So if you're ever looking for a director, and she's philippine American, so um, that would be wonderful yeah so her birthday is today uh let's see on Monday fantastic young actor Randy Blair uh, he although I I've worked with him he, we did the uh, the fringe Festival San Francisco fringe a while back along with uh, Terry lamb I don't know if you remember Terry lamb of but he he passed away a while uh, I think a year ago about
1: it yeah it hasn't uh, been all that long yeah, time.
0: but Randy Blair, he's a young actor, he he turns 33 years old and his birthday is uh Tuesday. Also Tuesday, my acting teacher Donald Lee, who acts who teaches at Duke Ellington School of the Performing Arts, uh Dr. Lee. So, Dr. Leese if you're mm-hmm. listening, thank you for everything and mm-hmm. a happy birthday to you. Also um, on Friday, Brenna Camerley, a fantastic young actress. Uh, she turns 24 years old. She was in My Little Mini Musical, Nia. Mm. Um, also, a good friend of mine also graduating from, uh, who graduated from Duke Ellison School of the Arts, um, Dennis Jeter. Dennis Jeter mm-hmm. third. So I want to give a shout out to him. Also, a Bay Area actor, although I don't know that he and his identical twin brother, he's an, wow. Christopher and Michael Simons, huh. are like six feet tall five <laughs> and they were actors um i'm looking at a poster of summer shorts cross wires uh, we oh. did that it was the eastenders no it wasn't eastenders it was um mike ward the mm-hmm. daily departed mike mm-hmm. ward he produced a piece it was uh, basically a piece against uh, the george w bush administration this was back in 2004 In uh, any case uh, michael simons he um yeah he and his twin brother my identical twin brother turned forty-one years old on Friday, so I want to give a shout out to them. Yeah, and that's it. And um,
1: shows shows, shows. Um, not a lot. Um, uh, where did I just have it? Uh, <laughs> I've got oh, a Weightless. Yeah. Weightless at ACT. So the folks, it's um, a local group, local band mm-hmm. um, called the Killbains. Yeah. And they wrote this play called Waitless that did really well at the Z Space a year or so ago. It's mm-hmm. at ACT now. Wow! And they are the composers on the, of the music that w- for the show I'm doing this summer. I wow!
0: Very nice. Yeah,
1: it's, we're doing that original stuff. Uh, Ruben Kav- Gerhalva, did you have?
0: Oh years? no, no, no! What, let's see, what's Ruben's happening? Ruben's got a, Playground uh, right? going
1: up as part of Playground. Um, Anna considers Mars, and that'll be going up May twentieth.
0: Okay. Um, flower drum song, of course, we're going push to th- push that. Uh, the Palo Alto players that, um, it ends May the 12th, so I think we have at least uh, one more week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a little bit more, yeah,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. like five shows, I think, yeah, five or six shows.
0: So, um, paplayers.org, uh, but we'll have yeah. a link so you can click on to so that so to buy your yeah. tickets, yeah. yeah. Um, The last show for all the way, we've been pushing that uh, at the Contra Costa Civic Theater. That is this weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow is the last showing for that, Mm -hmm. and we have a couple of friends of ours who are in that. Kari Moy, Kim Donovan, Terrence Smith, and also Jay Croningold. Mm -hmm. All of them have been... guests on the yay it's a fantastic civil rights piece about the lyndon b johnson administration right. and the passage of the civil rights act of 64
1: kim playing ladybird yeah wow. which is
0: i can't visualize that in my you head you haven't seen the picture
1: it's funny <laughs> it's a cute yeah a cute
0: I, I, yeah uh the victorian ladies detective collective that's mm-hmm. an awful lot to say but um central works theater that's oh, right. Gra- gary graves i believe yay. he wrote it um that's being playing um that opens tonight and it ends June the second. Mm-hmm. Our good friend Alan Coyne, who has been every wow. in everything, yeah. <laughs> he is in the play, it's and of course busy. Gary is uh, directing it. Mm-hmm. Um, Women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. That's the show that I'm in, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Melvin Badiola. I don't know if you know hey. Melvin. Oh, I
2: love Mel. He yeah. was in the last show I directed at at CCT, is that at right? Contra Causa Civic Theater. We do. Uh, we did Allegiance. Jay Allegiance. Oh, that's right. oh, that's right. He talked about Allegiance. De- yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about the Japanese internment. Yeah, it's a musical about the Japanese. Internment.
0: I worked with Melvin uh, in Stories High, uh, thirteen at the mm-hmm. Uh He's a Bendelstiffer, well, we and uh, starting out, uh, yeah, there. he yeah. and his partner Jed are, are just fantastic, yeah. and oh, yeah. so it's great working with him. So yeah, he, uh, myself, Deb Caracter is also in the show, uh, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown at the Town Hall Theater. That opens May the thirtieth, so you have time to um, to check that out, and it ends June the twenty second. Also, Off Broadway West is doing Bakersfield Mist. Um, it opens May the third. It opened yesterday, and it ends June the first. And Richard Harder is directing the show, and he is also was also a guest, as well as his wife on the A. And those are the shows that I have. Did you have a good time,
2: Crystal? Christop- I had a great time, uh,
0: yeah, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic.
2: I had a great time. I. I, I le- it, the hour went by so quickly. Yeah,
0: well, I, you know, I'm always a little worried. I'm like, I think we'll have a wonderful time. But, you know, guests are sometimes a little nervous, but we will try to make it as comfortable as possible. Oh,
2: I loved it. It's, it's fun to talk about theater for an hour. And yeah. To get to know you two better. And, <laughs> no, you know, it's no, it's, fa-
0: it's fantastic. And uh, and this is old hat for you because you, you've done, you know, some stuff like this before. But, no, it's, it's fantastic. And, uh, of course, we want Ferocious Lotus to grow, and uh, we want people to know about you.
2: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. This
0: Thank hey. you. Yeah. All right. Here is my blurb. You can find the yay on the Apple podcast on all I, on all iPhones and iPads. Also, any app that you use to listen to podcasts, you can listen to the yay. Of course, you're listening to it already, but tell your friends. Um, if you're an old stogie like me and you listen to your podcast on a laptop or a desktop, you can go on iTunes to listen to the yay. Just click on iTunes. Click on store, use the search engine on the the upper right-hand side and search for the A, you'll find us. For Android users, you can download the SoundCloud app or just go on soundcloud.com and search for the A. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. You can find me at Reg Space Clay.
1: And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier.
0: Lily, where, where they, are you on social media at all?
2: I am. I'm Facebook, Lily, Tun, Lily Tun Crystal. I'm okay. on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter that much anymore. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also Lily Tun Crystal, also Ferocious Lotus. Okay. okay. You can find us at ferociouslotus.org. Yeah. And you can find me, my personal uh, professional... Website is lilytonguecrystal dot com.
0: Okay, and we'll have links to that uh, as well. Norman, did you have something?
1: Oh yeah, I'm actually directing a piece that will be coming up uh, May twenty sixth as mm-hmm. part of the Playground Festival. It's called the Ninety Percent. So.
0: All right. Wh- where's that at again?
1: That'll be a portrayal stage as part of the oh, Playground the Festival. Oh, the Playground Playground Festival. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, you know, so it'll be a script in hand stage reading. Nice, uh, nice. But.
0: Yeah, if you're – and, you know, folks are like, why am I not seeing a stage reading? Stage readings are where re- where great plays begin.
1: It was wonderful for me to do one where mm-hmm. I was an actor <laughs> in a Scapegoat yeah. and then a year later to be asked to direct it as they got to workshop it. I was Yeah. I oh, you were an actor time. and
2: then you got to direct yeah, it? Yeah, I was an actor and then Th- – That, that around, happened yeah. with me with uh, Two Mile Hollow. I, w- mm. I acted in it in a reading at OSF right. for the Asian American – National Asian American – Uh, theater conference. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And then I directed it. Mm -hmm. But it's fun when that happens, right? Yeah. 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 No, it's very cool.
0: And I participated in, it was a long time ago, but it was a a musical, but it was a stage reading of the musical. I think they were sort of workshopping it, 1741. Mm. But it had James Iglehart in it, so you never know who you're going to rub shoulders with.
1: Oh, and that's the other one that's coming up, the uh, Paper Raincoat, Mm -hmm. through Play Cafe, the Musical Cafe, which Ah. is... You know. Yeah, Jerome
0: Gentes and yeah. uh, Richard. Um, they are, are yeah.
1: doing a development thing of musicals, and so I got to workshop this thing beginning of the year. Now it's going to go up in a more finished form. I'm not sure. Nice. I think concert reading is what they're saying because what we did was really we heard the music raw and we yeah. read the script. Yeah. Now they're putting it all together, and that'll be I think June first and second.
0: That should be nice. Yeah. So folks, you know, go ahead and check out your stage readings, and a lot of times they're free. Sometimes you know yeah. you pay a little. But it's a great way to see developed theater, and it's great to support develop theater, theater as well. Yeah, absolutely. And happy Mother's Day to everyone. Yeah, and we got to find, find a better sign off. Sign off. And we are out.